Hello and welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast about simple living and high thinking. As a quick update, thanks to your support, we exceeded our $25,000 goal to support the Journey Center for Safety and Healing, a nonprofit organization in Cleveland, Ohio, dedicated to providing quality programs for adults, teens, and children impacted by abuse. Thank you. Thank you so much for contributing to this vision. And another announcement. If you haven't heard, this week is the Happiness Series 7. This is an annual interactive virtual workshop, and we're excited to bring you this year's installment, Unlocking Your Best Self. This is our community's annual capstone event, and during the workshops held December 4th through 6th from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern, you'll learn about the keys to raise our lifestyle, relationships, and purpose to its highest potential. For more details, we have the link to free registration in our show notes, and we hope to see many of you there in this week's episode. When we trek the journey of life, sometimes we move quickly and other times we're barely moving. What determines the difference? How can we build the stamina to keep moving on the path through all of life's responsibilities, along with the sensitivity to care for more than just ourselves? Let's hear what Vivekji has to say. Ariyom, and greetings from Niagara Falls. Language-wise, how many of you know more than English by a show of hands? Almost everyone. When you are learning your second language, whatever that was, and you incorporated those words into your first language, correct? Like my first language was, is English, and my second, Hindi. So my parents used to encourage me to mix these. So I would say, I want to go to Gar. <laughs> Correct? Instead of saying, I want to go home, I want to go to Gar. <laughs> However, when I was put in a position where I had to speak only Hindi, let's say I was in Delhi visiting my grandparents, then I would become quite shy about that. Now I want you to sense the difference between a cultural language like Hindi and a philosophical language like Sanskrit, Vedanta. If one is shy in their understanding of these words, then how can one be confident in practicing these words? Which is why we're approaching this Vedantic terminology, each word as a mantra. Mananatrayate. A mantra is that which requires manana to go with it. So the power, the power to transform us is unlocked. Reviewing last week's words. Word 21, space 21, sankalpa. In English, resolve. The past 10 days, we've experienced 500 mornings of meaningful mornings. 
we're about to experience 100 classes of Vedanta and Bhagavata. We've completed a year of community calls. Today's Dibhavali. Whenever there's an external celebration, an external completion, that is an opportunity to rededicate yourself, to recommit yourself to your self-development. Revisit your sankalpa. Have you been following this? If no, what can you change? If yes, how can you follow this more? Resolve. Space 22, guru. In English, guide. When one studies the Upanishad, an authoritative scripture on self-development, the two qualities of a guru that are mentioned are nishta, which means they're experienced, and shrotriya, which means they're eloquent. They can communicate what they have experienced. What is special of a guide, and I referred to them as being the best of our mother and father, is that they act out of fulfillment. And a key sign of that is they have no expectations of whom they're guiding. As long as we act for fulfillment, what comes with that? Expectations. And a relationship is compromised then. Word 23 is kripa. And kripa means grace. Grace is a form of invocation. When one invokes, where is that power? Where is that potential coming from? Yourself. It's built into the word invocation, correct? In, vocation. And I describe this as swa kripa. When you invest effort, watch how the whole multiverse will support you. You have to be available for this invocation, though. Those who are busy, they're always trying to evoke and not invoke. And I specifically shared a great time for Kripa, for grace, for invocation is the morning. Sleep early, wake early, and you will feel more available. You will invoke more. You'll experience this swakripa. Space 24, prasada. In English, blessing. And I left you with the thought of, what do we offer to a divine icon, Nevedya. But how do you offer this? Can you show me with your hands how you offer Nevedya? See, all of you so carefully are putting your hands like this. No one's like, catch, take it. <laughs> Today, we had a family puja, and I was trying to encourage our children and my sister's kids to offer a flower at the altar we were using. And 
Ravyasan Shrika, it's more like a ball. That flower is more of a ball. The altar is more of a net. <laughs> See, that's not Naivedya. Naivedya is any offering plus meaning. Plus meaning. When Naivedya is offered with meaning, then you always feel that prasada. You feel this blessing. And what's most practical about this, if you're blessing yourself, you become self-dependent. That it is a fine virtue to depend on yourself. Too often I interact with those who are always externalizing blessings. And so they're trying to create a context to feel more blessed. <laughs> but that is a weak way to live. I think I told you a story once where I went to someone's home and they started to tell me to bless different parts of their home, their altar, their bookcase, their fireplace. <laughs> it was getting tiring. I told them, bless yourself. Otherwise, I'm taking all of these blessings with me. <laughs> we continue. Our 25th mantra, word, space, is Sadhana. Sadhana. A very popular name in our culture. In English, it means seeking. Seeking. To understand this, you share with me in the chat. If you went to dictionary.com and entered seeker, maybe not a dictionary.com, but thesaurus.com. If you entered seeker, a synonym that would come up is searcher. Yes? Okay. So now you tell me, what is the difference between a searcher and a seeker? Share with me. What is the difference between a searcher and a seeker? Mm -hmm. Good. I don't even have to repeat what you're sharing, because you all know this. I read a lovely definition. A searcher is one with their eyes open. A seeker is one with their eyes closed. That's a fine expression of that difference. <clears throat> so the difference is direction. Let me give you one more comparison. What is the difference between a bhakta and a shishya? What is the difference between a devotee and a disciple? Wow, you are all on your game tonight. Why don't you make me say this every class? <laughs> Fond of versus following. Mm -hmm. It is intensity. A bhakta engages in what they're devoted in casually. A shisha engages in what they're devoted to seriously, which is why they're a disciple. So the difference is intensity. Seeking demands direction and intensity. Sadhana is a system to help us 
be directed, to help us be intense. Referencing the Ramayana to make this more practical, when Sri Lakshmana asks Bhagavan Rama, the question he asks is, what is bhakti? But you can change that to sadhana. His answer is, that which melts your heart. That which melts your heart. Now we're all thinking, that's so poetic. I love Ramayana, melting my heart and so on. That which burns down your comfort zone. Yes. You feel comfortable in your heart. But if your heart is melting, you're burning down that comfort zone. That is what seeking is. Where you keep on expanding through your own effort. If you're feeling stuck, if you're too comfortable, then that seeking has devolved to searching. And one more practical way to gauge, if you're reflecting on sadhana, if you feel that your guide or your map, your Sadhguru, your Shastra is changing, you have more of an understanding, more of an appreciation of them. They have not changed, you have changed. You are closer to the ends, so you can see this more, you can feel this more. So for all of you, as an example, who are studying Bhagavad Gita again, if you feel like, wow, Bhagavan Krishna is amazing, Bhagavad Gita is amazing, they were always amazing. <laughs> now you're marginally becoming <laughs> more amazing. That means you're engaged in sadhana, correct? You're closer. Our 26th <coughs> space, our headspace should be here, is brahmacharya. Brahmacharya. Before I tell you the English word, what is the typical word that brahmacharya is defined as? It is defined as celibacy. First, let me define the word for you from a reflective perspective. It is discipline. Brahmacharya is discipline. When I was in university, I was on an exchange program to the Czech Republic. And I was there for half a year. And at night, and my friends and I would go out. As I looked around the streets, and there's lots of restaurants, lots of places that people go out to drink. Whenever there would be a fight outside of a bar or a pub, whenever someone was too intoxicated, they're falling, they're throwing up, which nationality do you think it was? <laughs> oh, typically, what country were those students from? <laughs> exactly the Americans. You knew where there was fighting and vomiting? They're from America. <laughs> now, why I'm sharing this is in many European countries, and when I was in the Czech Republic, I made it a point not to be with Americans. 
it's almost like foreshadowing that in my future, I would always be with Americans. So I tried not to be with Americans while I was there to hang out with the Czech students, the Slovakian students and so on. In their cultures, alcohol is introduced from a young age in a moderate way. So they're rarely indisciplined about it. In America, because one has to be pretty old to drink, let's say 21, and I think it's a federal law, I don't know. It's abused then, correct? It's the forbidden fruit. I'll give you another example. <clears throat> if you analyze the countries where there's the most gender segregation, you have those countries in your mind. Those are the same countries where the most pornography is looked at. Yes. Brahmacharya is not celibacy. It is discipline. And the etymology of this word is Brahmani Charati Iti Brahmachari. Brahmani Charati Iti Brahmachari, which means the one who's walking the path to Brahman. Brahman meaning infinity. There is no suppression there. There is only sublimation. Zooming in more into what discipline is. To be enlightened, every one of us, it is required that we have stamina like right now, we cannot even imagine. Just reflect on your day today. Did you have a long day? Did you have a hard day? And to be in this class and to be active requires stamina. Yes. That's why some of you before a class, you know, eye drops in your eyes, <laughs> a shot of espresso. <laughs> now, this is just for a day. Imagine the journey of your lifetimes, the stamina that would be required. And so brahmacharya is a form of conservation, conserving one's outer and inner energy to nurture this stamina, to keep going to the ends. And you're all exposed to this. Often, the three pillars of Sanatana Dharma that are described, one of them is Brahmacharya, the second one we're about to cover. If you reflect on Navaratri, whom do we worship during the first three nights? Devi Parvati. She is one where instead of exhausting energy, we hold that energy then. Stamina, those who are indisciplined, and maybe a better word is impulsive. Those who live impulsively. Then what happens is their actions become inefficient. Their actions become inefficient. If you're an impulsive driver, you lose track of where you're supposed to go often. You're one of those people who brakes too much, correct? Impulsive drivers. 
<laughs> in terms of one's um, words, one becomes irritable. Those who are indisciplined easily, naturally succumb to being irritable. Why? Because they're always tired. And at a thought level, insecurity. Insecurity. I know we all go through this, where we know what is right, but we act in the wrong way. And so we feel insecure that we can't trust ourselves. How to practice brahmacharya or discipline? Direct yourself. Your lifestyle, your equipments, direct them. Because purpose pulls performance. Purpose pulls conservation. Sadhana, seeking. Brahmacharya, discipline. And our final word for this class before I share this with you, what are the three pillars that you're aware of to be the pillars of Sanatana Dharma? I've given you the first, Brahmacharya. What is the second? Ahimsa. And the third, Satya. We continue to word 27, which is Ahimsa. Ahimsa. You define this first. What does it mean? I see non-harming, non-violence. Anyone else want to guess? Non-injury, non-listening, <laughs> non-reflecting. <laughs> Typically, this is defined as non-violence. But I caution you from defining these words in such an extreme way. I'm comfortable in describing myself as not being a violent person. My wife is in this class. She is comfortable with accepting <laughs> my self-analysis. <laughs> but in terms of harming, harming is less extreme. It's more applicable, correct? I can't say that I'm always engaged in non-harming. Sometimes I harm myself. Sometimes I harm others, not physically, but maybe emotionally. The simple way to define ahimsa is sensitivity. Sensitivity. The one who is sensitive will not harm themselves and will not harm any article, being, and circumstance. But it starts with yourself. If you don't like yourself, <laughs> it will be very hard for you to like others or be likable. But if you are a friend to yourself, then you will be more friendly to others and others will be more friendly to you. Have you observed this in your life? Non-harming. And I'm specifically saying articles, beings, and circumstances. Articles. When you were growing up, where did you keep your shoes? Outside or at the front, correct? And how did you keep your shoes? 
You kept them straight. Those shoes are valuable. What about circumstances? How many of you like to go camping? A few people. That's what I thought. Looking around at all of you, I didn't expect too many hands up. <laughs> I'm not a camper either. I'm more of a glamper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, when I do go camping, glamping, etc., I like noticing the signs that say, please leave this campsite cleaner than when you found it. That would be ahimsa, correct? And beings. Now, when I say beings, our first thought is towards humans, which is fine. I was reading an article about the COP26 summit. You're all aware of this too, that they analyzed the menu at this summit. Did any of you read this article? 60% of the menu was meat and dairy. Now, if one reflects on the most significant cause of methane, it is factory farmed animals who are used for meat and dairy. <laughs> Here, I'm, imagine, I'm telling all of you, be sensitive. You people who don't listen and you, you're losers and you don't understand anything, see how awkward it would be, <laughs> how hypocritical it would be. But I'm telling you to do something, but I'm practicing the exact opposite. That was an example. Some of you are really, really shocked right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Ahimsa is such a pillar because Ahimsa is really the means to Advaita. It is the means to oneness. Trying to make this more practical. Another way to understand ahimsa is to be considerate. Built into the word considerate is consider. Consider you don't just have a body you also have a mind and an intellect. And if you have a body, mind, and intellect, so do others. Be considerate, not just of their bodies. I don't hate anyone. But be considerate about their emotions. Be considerate about their ideas. That's why I am strongly averse to conversion. Why? Because it's not being considerate of someone's ideas. I'm forcing your intellect to be like my intellect. That's not being considerate. We all have different varnas. We all have different gunas. When I am considerate of my own BMI and your BMI, then I become more careful, not just with my actions, but my words and my thoughts. See how comprehensive Ahimsa is. If you've forgotten the previous 26 <coughs> mantras or words, it's not okay. You're all expecting me, oh, it's okay, as long as we tune into the 27th. It's not okay. <laughs> this is class eight. <laughs> but if there is one word that you should reflect on more, it is Ahimsa. We shall continue in our next class and our pace is 
quite good. Are you all finding the subject matter comfortable? This is like, um, it is Goldilocks, right? Or the porridge is not too hot and not too cold, right? <laughs> this is not too light, nor is it too heavy. This is a fine balance. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.